for me creativity or writing or storytelling is expressing myself as an individual with ideas with opinions with thoughts i think it is important to have a voice and uh, i remember a very famous urdu nazm by faiz ahmed faiz which goes like bol ke la bazad hai tere so the words are free and i think uh, as individuals we should have the right to express ourselves so i think that is the definition of creativity to me Hey everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. I'm your host Sangeeta, aka the Moody Marshmallow. You just heard our guest for today, Ishan Sharma. Ishan is a writer, heritage activist, and a TEDx speaker. He is the founder of one of India's leading history collectives, Karwan, the Heritage Exploration Initiative. A graduate in history from Delhi University, he is currently pursuing a master's degree in modern Indian history from MSU Baroda. Ishan is also currently working on a book project on the new wave in Indian cinema. Before we move into the conversation, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, podcasting made easy. I've been podcasting for about 2 years now and I stumbled onto Zencaster while I was recording season 2 of the show. Though I only use the audio recording version, they have a video recording feature as well, and you can now edit your episodes on the platform. If you're a podcaster looking for an all-in-one podcast workstation, then check out Zencaster. You'll find a special offer link in the description of this episode, for which you'll get thirty percent off by using the code Closet Writer. Now let's tune in to hear about Ishan's journey with writing, history, Karwan heritage, and more. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. This week I have with me Ishan Sharma. Welcome to the show Ishan. It is so good to finally have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much Sangeeta. It's an honor to be here. No, no, not at all. I'm glad we could, you know, finally sit down and have this conversation. Um so you know as I mentioned in your intro you are a history student you're an aspiring historian and of course Karwan Heritage the wonderful work you're doing. So the first question I have for you is you know what is your earliest memory of being creative and what is the first memory you have of even you know just starting to write Uh so I think I get this from my family my both my grandparents as in the paternal and maternal grandfather were writers and I think my parents are academicians and scientists so they also write their research so I don't know is I think it's uh genetic uh, almost it's in the genes it's in the blood that uh, so i i grew up reading a lot a lot of uh, urdu poets actually because my grandfather was a fan of urdu shair or shayari so i grew up in that kind of environment and that kind of helped me um, shape my own trajectory in some senses so the first the, the earliest memory of me being creative is uh i think painting and those competitions in school and i was pretty good at that i believe i i want to believe that uh, i i won a few prizes here and there but uh, yeah that was the first uh you know the seeds were sown there in in the school 
and then i wrote my first book when i was 17 in 2017 i was still in school i think class 11th so that's again the first uh, you know uh, that stamp lag gaya on being <laughs> a writer so okay that no that's really cool and i want to really come to the book later on uh, in the conversation cuz i found that really fascinating that you you know you actually got yourself published at age 17 um but then you know how did your interest in history begin and when did you kind of take the decision that you wanted to actually professionally pursue this because it's not necessarily a very conventional career choice in most cases so then how did you kind of decide that for yourself um i think again uh, if i go back in my childhood i when i was 8 or 9 which was 2008 or 9 youtube was pretty young at that time youtube was very new uh, in india and my grandfather wanted me to always play him you know uh, play him the old songs from youtube to him and you know he was just there and he liked them through that i started listening to old hindi film music from 1930s kl sahgal or 1940s noor jahan or talat mahmood and other kind of things that the oldies wanted me to play on youtube uh from that you know i went on asking my father my grandfather ke you tell me about this actor who is this do you know where he is now or where they are now then he i remember one story where he mentioned that uh, madam noor jahan one of, one of the greatest singers of all time better than for me better than lata mangeshkar Okay, so yeah. Madam Noor Jahan migrated to Pakistan after independence, and then there she became one of the biggest names. Even the uh, Nishana Imtiaz and other uh, awards, and became the Malika Itarannum. So all sorts of those things, and then you know from that you also got to know about how that migration happened in '47. People went from here and there. So things like that really fascin fascinated me as a young kid, and then. Uh, I always on every birthday I used to get uh, GK books as oh. my gift. So okay. There used to be a publication called Upkar Publication and they used to bring out these yearbooks. So I I had a collection of yearbooks from 2008 to 2015 16. So that was the that was the beginning of this interest in history and then I thought also because I was very bad in science and okay. uh, my entire family to a generation three generation of my family is scientists so they were very uh, surprised that i was not very good in science but so i think mathematics and uh, you know commerce and arts were the only two fields available for me uh, i was very bad at math as well so that left me with no choice but humanities so i essentially wanted to get into political science and become a politician or something like that okay. but uh, i couldn't get good marks in class 12th i was very bad in academics i, I and uh, at that time delhi university had this uh, cut off system yeah if you are 98 you get this college if you are 92 you get this college now it's more of a competitive exam kind of an admission process earlier it was not so so i i had 89% which was fairly good at that time now it's very less if you compare it to today's standards but i got into history and uh, 
हिंदी में यूज से के मरता क्या ना करता सो यू नो इफ यू हैव नो ऑप्शन देन यू नो यू ट्राई टू मेक द बेस्ट ऑफ व्हाट यू हैव गॉट सो दैट्स व्हाट आई डिड एंड दैट्स हाउ माय रियल पैशन इनटू हिस्ट्री काइंड ऑफ स्टार्टेड और स्टार्टेड एमर्जिंग इन अ बिग वे so you so then it only really sparked when you got into college is that what in, in college, happened yes. with you okay that's 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 interesting because i don't know i i would have imagined i mean obviously you had this whole exposure with your grand grandparents in the sense of going through like old songs and i think grandparents just have that effect on you in general because i remember listening to my grandmother um like she'd share stories about cuz she was uh, she used to live in Trivandrum in Kerala and she tell me stories of what you know partition was like for them cuz they were so far away from it but what it was like hearing the news and she'd you know be going to like cuz she went to a convent school and the news there how people would be talking about different things and the salt march and so it's really fascinating to kind of hear about these things from like people who've actually lived through that time and kind of get those different influences in fact she was a student of history so you know it's it's really cool that you kind of had those experiences for sure uh, but having said that then you know when did you get the idea to start carvan because clearly you know you got into college you were studying history so then when did it that love really like take over for history and you said hey you know why don't i do something for history education in this space so how did that happen so uh i think i would uh if i have to think about the origins of the idea it has to do with the education system the education system forces one to uh, limit their imaginations to a classroom and history is a subject which requires exploration you can't really study history in a vacuum you can't really study in a classroom so you have to go out and uh, fortunately my college dal singh in delhi university was in close proximity to places like humayun's tomb or lodhi garden or sardarjung tomb khan market four of the most historically important places in new delhi so i decided that i would go there and you know start exploring and start bunking classes a little and exploring them and a few of my friends uh, joined me in this venture and we then called it uh, something called walk and learn initiative and that's how it started in around september 2019 when i was still in my first year end of first year i believe the second semester or something and because yeah we were very frustrated with the with the system of pedagogical you know with the pedagogical methods of teaching history so we thought we would do something new for the students so we decided we would read up things on about the monument from the books and then we will kind of take our friends around show them that you know we studied this in the in the lecture now we are seeing this uh, in front of us so giving them hands on experience of history which is not quite uh, popular in humanities it's more with the you know science provides you hands on experiences the kind of uh, understanding that people have and people say that history is more history has more to do with the text than the than the practical implementations but we say that, that that's not the case in reality history is a science and uh, it has its own methods it has its own uh, ways it's its own training so we decided to we'll go ahead with that and do that 
so you just decided then to kind of like start with these walks and then how did then how did you then further develop it into like carwan because clearly it just started as these events or was it already branded as carwan did you guys just come up with the name and so it has a funny story uh when we started this walk and learn initiative i took the burden or charge to do the first walk the the first walk was supposed to be at APJ Abdul Kalam Memorial in Delhi at the Delhi INA Delhi Hart there's a small museum dedicated to Dr Kalam and his belongings my first book was on Dr Kalam so i thought i you know it would be interesting to show people around and talk about Dr Kalam and the influences etc etc and uh, we had a pre registration kind of a thing i think 10 15 people registered and but uh, we we didn't uh, charge anybody for that so nobody turned up for the oh, event okay okay nobody came for the walk it was a big failure then my father said you know don't be uh, sad it could be good etc etc then we were we were thinking of what to do next because it was a big failure uh, and we thought there, there's no chance that this would succeed why would somebody come and listen to the to a student talk about it, anything so the first thing that that came to our mind is was to change the name and make it more attractive make it more historically uh, you know sound hmm. so we decided we'll call it then it was a big uh, struggle to get a the get a better suited name for the initiative so we got a very long name we got it carwan the heritage exploration initiative it's a very big name now people call it in popular parlance it's carwan heritage but yeah. uh, so we we renamed walk and learn initiative made it carwan and at that time i was attending a book launch in delhi by vikram ji a book by vikram ji singh rupray called the top 10 bawalis it was on 10 steps of delhi and okay. the and the, the guest of honor who was launching the book was sohel hashmi uh, sohel hashmi for those who don't know sohel hashmi is one of the biggest names in this uh, field of heritage exploration heritage walks in delhi he was the chief guest i i went on the dais after the launch and i asked him sir we have started this and this in our college it's a students led initiative would you like to lead a walk mm. and to our surprise he agreed and he led the first official walk of carwan on i think 16 september 2019 after the, it was attended by about uh, 20 people from different universities in delhi we started as a group only for students uh, the walks were exclusively for students and later on when we went ahead with it and we did some more walks we opened it for the public and we introduced this idea in our walks that students a fee would be 50% lesser than uh, the normal fee so if we are having normal public who are earning and they can pay they pay us a certain amount and students because we all were students we couldn't pay 600 rupees per head for a walk so we decided we'll keep it about 150 200 and uh, we'll ask others to pay so that's how we started building up it was early 2020 but then the pandemic came yeah. and everything had to you know stop 
but i think that that i I'll, I'll, i'll keep that for the next question maybe but this was how the the initial work started at carwan organizing walks we had organized by i think by march 2020 we had organized four walks oh wow okay wow that's that's really cool so then clearly okay you started as this experiential thing uh, of okay we'll take you through like historical uh, monuments and structures and kind of really um i i don't want to say explain it but i guess maybe do it also in a way through a manner of storytelling because history is stories in a sense right by the end of the day you're essentially kind of recollecting the facts that had happened in a in a way that's accessible to people so um i i i the gist of what i'm getting is that's what you guys were trying to do you were just trying to make it more interesting more accessible so people would actually give it the the sort of importance it kind of deserves in today's day and age um but then having said that because it's interesting you brought up the pandemic because if you had only obviously then you were a brand, like like and i keep saying brand because i it is a brand in a way even though i know like it even though you know we live in a world where we're trying to like take up different causes and what not it finally does for better or worse come down to branding so then how do you kind of then grow that community also during the pandemic i mean i would assume i don't know please correct me if i'm wrong if the fact that i guess people were kind of trapped in the four walls of their house and there probably was that overconsumption of for you know content and information and just different things to do i don't know if that's something that also helped um with growing your organization but then you know how did you kind of maneuver through a uh, lockdown in terms of growing carwan so it was early pandemic uh, march april uh, april yes march and in april the beginning of april 2020 when the government announced a 18 day uh, lockdown 18 day preventive lockdown and uh, so we were trapped of course we were trapped in the four walls um, in a, within the four walls of our house and we didn't know what was going on uh, the information was scarce and uh, often fake news was around about a lot of things there was a lot of uh, bad news coming from different parts at that time the government was clueless at that time so we were thinking of what we could do and this was very early and nobody had a clue about zoom or anything there was nothing like this earlier that online lectures was something that we didn't hear uh, before the pandemic yeah so we decided that we'll start with a series of conversations called learn at home live series and learning at home live series essentially featured six historians or six scholars six writers uh within you know with a gap of i think all they, they were asked to speak alternate days so 18 days six speakers 18 days and that's how we planned that we would uh, spend the initial lockdown and that's what we did we had sessions on food we had session on aurangzeb we had session on egypt Uh, egyptology and archaeology we had a session on delhi uh, and and firosha kotla and of course akbar and then after that we decided because the government uh, that and after that or uh, announced that we'll do a one month long uh, lockdown it was not the complete lockdown was yet to come it was another preventive lockdown that they extended for a month 
so then we decided that you know we are here for a long game they are not going to let us go uh, so easily we we knew that something big is happening and we'll be stuck for a long time uh, because you can't win a pandemic you can't overcome a pandemic in just about a month or something it takes time that's what bubonic plague taught taught us in history yeah. that's what you know other uh, history of pandemics and there's a brilliant book by chinmay tumbe on the history of pandemics that came out around that time so we had this idea that you know it's going to be a long thing then we decided that we'll start something called the tarwan history online festival and we invited about 62 historians to engage with the crowd on facebook facebook oh. became a medium and we used to share our facebook passwords and ids to the because there was no zoom we didn't know how <laughs> we can go live with historians so we would ask them to log in through our profile or the carvan profile and go we are we used to ask them to go live from their desktops it created a lot of uh, technical it presented a technical challenge of course but it created a lot of news among people who were really tired of listening to news and they were interested in listening to something scholarly that would divert their minds from the bad news and would also enrich their understanding of the past and uh, we 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 were fortunate to get some very known reputed scholars on board to engage with the public with students especially from different universities and from there we uh, started building this quote unquote brand uh, of caravan and featuring these online conversations and we wanted them to be uh, to be made available for free we didn't want to charge anything for uh, these things because these were helping us and we thought if they are helping us uh, in this pandemic i think this would help a lot of other people who were struggling at that time and so the first wave which was uh, which was strange because it was new it was not as dangerous as the second wave that followed or yeah. the third wave yeah. but uh, you know this really helped us in uh, in that sense psychologically yeah no for sure and i think it's it's cool you kind of found that niche for yourselves right uh, in terms of being able to expand it i think also maybe because i don't know if it was already in the plan for you guys that if you just wanted to stick with the sort of the walk and learn experiences or i don't know did you guys had you already thought about that oh we'd also want to like talk about other things like say the history of food or like you know cinema because you guys have a book club now there is a cinema archive were those things you kind of thought that you might branch out into or was that something that just organically happened so along with the walks we were doing carvan bathaks online before the pandemic okay we, we always had this idea that you know if we want to understand the past heritage walk is one way it's not the only way so we have to of course uh, explore and we asked a few people so sohil ashmit did a brilliant session on cities history of cities and how cities emerged in in lodi garden which was just uh, you know if you cross the road you get you 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 reach the lodi gardens that's how close our college and lodi garden is so it's just across the road and we we hosted mani mukda sharma to talk about akbar who we approached after the pandemic to deliver two more sessions 
so that's how this was all uh, planned but these online lectures was never planned so something yeah. that came up hmm okay oh okay and because also i mean uh, when i was going through like your instagram page and stuff i mean you've also done a lot of interviews with uh, renowned historians and you know other well known people again was that something that just organically happened during lockdown or um you know what was that like in terms of doing the insta lives and stuff because that was also really new at that time i know it was very new and we were all struggling Uh, we didn't know about zoom so we used to do these on a platform called streamyard uh, which yeah. was a free uh, you know video streaming uh, software and we were trying to find avenues where we could explore and this was pandemic really became an opportunity for us uh, to explore the ways we, we can like, we, we can uh, promote public history because we were mm. all concerned as history students we it's part of a training that you know we are made to understand the role of a historian or a history student in society when society is being divided into these uh, divisive narratives about the past it's our duty that we present an academic uh, academic point of view which people might not agree with but uh, it's the academia and you know the, the historians do it for it professionally it is part of their job so we decided that uh, we'll call up our historians have inspired us uh, you know scholars that we have read in our uh, ba course and uh, the books that we were reading we would just uh, invite them so we i think as of now we have hosted more than 400 uh, scholars on mm, our platform yeah. all are available for free and uh, after the pandemic we started doing these offline lectures also which are also free for all uh, in delhi and in bombay and we are trying to expand to different cities now to take the online format because people are now exhausted with this online content people don't like yeah, to yeah. watch online they might listen to a podcast like this uh, but you know they won't watch a youtube video so we decided yeah, not as go, much yeah. not as much yes because it's the fatigue the the the, the youtube fatigue that happened after pandemic so we decided we'll limit the online discussions but we'll increase this number of uh, our offline lectures hmm. Hmm. okay wow that's cool so then um how did the how did you guys come up with like the book club then was that something that happened later on or was that also something that you guys had before as i say i love and my team love uh, experimenting which so is amazing we- yeah we we keep on thinking of new things of how we can engage the public because uh promoting public history is one thing but you have to also engage with the public you can't just exactly, really yeah. go on preaching that you know you are wrong you don't know anything that's that's something that a lot of people do but uh we thought that it is interesting and it's necessary that we also get to interact with people and create a community where people are eager to learn new things and things that might contradict their own uh, you know thinking and opinions but also a space where they can freely uh, express their opinions so we started with this uh, book club first uh, it was inaugurated by professor romila thapar who is one of the one of our greatest scholars on ancient india early india so so we did a, the the first session of that was on the importance of dissent and how 
on her book called Voices of Dissent that came out, I think, 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's how we wanted to create a platform for not just like-minded people, but people who are interested to learn and to debate and to discuss. And because I am interested as a scholar, as a history student, I'm interested in the history of cinema. And cinema is a medium that, because of my grandfather, of course, and his interest in music, I'm, I, I, I found my interest in cinema. I decided that I'll create and my team would create this club where we would exchange our notes on cinema, what we are watching, what we should watch, and also invite filmmakers over and have conversations with them. Because as, as an audience, it's always fascinating to see who made the film and to share our views with the filmmaker. And it's it's a rare opportunity uh, yeah. for people who, who are regular viewers. They don't get to meet uh, filmmakers as easily. So we thought uh, we would use the platform to make, to bridge that gap as well. Uh, between scholars, between filmmakers, between practitioners and the and the consumer. So the yeah. practitioner or the, the filmmaker and the consumer, there should be direct dialogue. So this became a platform for that. And we are trying to come up with more such clubs and more such uh, play avenues to for, for public to engage uh, with the professional so that they'll get to learn something new. And of course, as professionals, they also need to engage with the public to make their art or their work more refined. Yeah. No, that that's amazing because, you know, earlier on the show, um, so I had um, uh, uh, this guest, Anisha Palat, who's an, uh, who studied art history. And she actually, she so she just finished her PhD and she was talking about uh, her dissertation which was on the representation of the cow in contemporary Indian art and its relationship with caste uh, and whatnot which was really fascinating Uh, and of course we ended up talking about things like you know other books like say Tale of the Horse right by Ashaswini Chandra Uh, then earlier I had Sadaf Hussain who's uh, who was on MasterChef and he's huge on food history with uh, Forgotten Foods, Dastane, Dastar Khan. So, you know, it's so fascinating, I think, especially today to see how history is actually coming out in literature and in various other forms, you know, be it, you know, with podcasts, with books. I think, you know, like, say, A Lady Doctors or Soni Chattopadhyay's latest book, right, on uh, lady athletes. Anand Ranganathan and his wife are coming out with a book on Indian scientists. So it's real. And of course, P. Sainath's uh, The Last Heroes. So it's really cool to kind of see history being presented in such an accessible way and an interesting way to, you know, the public today but having said that you know you mentioned about the role of a historian and um you know how it's according in your opinion of course that you know it's to provide an academic overview of you know um things but having said that then say in today's day and age how would you really think what would you what do you really think the role of a historian is because considering would you say like people are not as interested in history because it's not as accessible so you know, how do you kind of look at that? So uh, there is an increased interest in the past, no doubt about this. People are really interested, but what they are really interested in is more of a mythified version of the past, where uh, people are looking to find pride in their identities and they are trying to legitimize that pride in the past. 
uh, for example, a glorious Hindu history, a glorious Islamic history, a glorious Christian history, etc., etc. And this is happening all over the world. Mm. In this age and time, uh, I think the role of a historian is to put things into perspective because uh, as not everybody can be a doctor, not everybody can be a scientist, likewise, not everybody can be a historian. And when you study history, you get this point that, you know, history is not firstly unilateral or it's unidimensional. There are different layers to the past. Those layers might upset a lot of people who believe in a mythified version. And if a story is giving you pleasure or giving you this sense of pride, it's probably not history. That's what a very popular saying on history goes. And I think the role of a historian is to really tell the public, tell inform the public that or present facts, what according to them are uh, could be history. Uh, you know, a very famous scholar once mentioned that you cannot really reconstruct the past. It's, it's impossible to reconstruct the past. How that was, we don't know. So, history is written based on interpretations of the evidences and data. And this must be taken into consideration that whatever is out there as history today may be proven wrong. Uh, with the when a new evidence comes to light and when a new interpretation comes to light, so you know it's a it's a very famous, I think, uh, Indian thinking or philosophy that ekam sad bauda vipravadanti. There's one truth, wise people perceive that truth differently, and in history there's nothing called as truth. Uh, okay. You can't really find, you know, it's like peeling an onion to find the onion. So the, the skin of that onion is the onion that you have to consume, but instead you are looking for something that is not there or that is there, but you are ignoring. Uh, so that's how history is being perceived today, not just India, but all over. And for us who are students of history, that's really, concern, that, that's really something that concerns and we are very concerned about and we, we are trying to tell people that, you know, don't look for, uh, don't look for, you know, uh, Ratna Patak Shah actually uh, mentioned in my interview when I interviewed her for Caravan that before seeking answers, uh, learn to ask questions. So the public is asking the wrong questions. <laughs> History is asking the right questions to your evidences. And that's what the training of a historian uh, prepares you to do. So we are trying them to te- we are trying to tell them that you have to ask the right questions to the past. So yeah, so that's, that's the role of a historian. It's a, it's a very complex role, and historians are often targeted on social media because yeah, yeah. their <laughs> narrative might not suit the public, and the public may have another way of thinking, which is totally correct. Uh, we as historians we must not dismiss their understanding of the past their understanding of past tells us another thing about how history is perceived and that might help us uh, put our point across in a better way, which might make them understand that, you know, you whatever you are thinking is correct, but maybe think about it, uh, uh, you know, in, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really like the way you put that, that sort of um, 
room for interpretation basically to kind of entertain different possibilities because the truth is even though there are certain facts you still don't know the full truth of of something that has happened and you know transpired right um so i think that's really cool um that you put it across like that having said that you know um obviously history education is something you know you're passionate about which is what you're doing with Karwan and there are quite a few other organizations that have also come up in the past few years right um you know be it uh, I, I, there was this article i came across in the hindu which was about instagrammers who are making history cool again you were one of them uh, then of course there was um eric chopra from itihas alji shotinlal anirudh kanesetty and like a bunch of others so you know um it's really cool that this is sort of happening now that there are people actually advocating and kind of really getting into the space of history education but what do you think can really change uh, in terms of um history education especially i guess when it comes to you know maybe schools colleges because that's actually where the seed is planted right because i know for me while growing up um it's really funny so my first exposure to history was through my grandmother because she would tell me these stories about growing up in pre-independent india and what it was like having the whole independence struggle but more from like a, a kerala perspective from where she was but because her father i think would travel a lot and stuff like she had a more uh, holistic overview of certain things so for me that was that's my first memory and then i remember going to school and then it was so dry and i just couldn't take to it the same way like i would take to it the way my grandmother would like you know tell me stories about different things so what do you think can be done to i guess improve history education or just to you know make it easier i guess for students or just people in general the i think we need to uh, make corrections or improvements in the primary uh, education because that's where the seeds are sown so to say of history or understanding of history a lot of people majority of them leave history after class 10 because till then you are you are you know it's compulsory to study history after that you make a decision that you want to go into the sciences or commerce or history humanities within humanities you try to go into political science or sociology or history etc so what we need to do is we have to uh, improve the education system class 10 till class 10 and improve the way history is taught engage we have to introduce activities that engages students and into questioning uh, about what they understand because what we are trying to do here is we are we have fo- we have more focus our focus is on uh, examinations we want to get good marks we want to uh, excel in uh, the report cards but what is going in in the in the mind and the brain is we don't really we are not bothered because till then you just need to get good marks in order to get into the sciences that's what the the indian ecosystem has become but these scientists now after so many years of leaving history they try to tell you you know what historians are doing, saying is wrong but what i am saying is correct that's what happens when you do not study history correctly uh, till class 10 so what we really need to do is to uh, introduce activities that in, that invite students to engage for example organizing heritage works i was never 
I I don't know if there was ever this thing or concept of heritage when I was growing up and when when I was in school. We used to they used to take us on a picnic to to a zoo or you know to somewhere to a park, but they would never take us to a historical monument or a museum. So taking students to museums, taking students to um uh, to a heritage walk really uh, make this boring dull. subject which is for people if if i ask you what you understand of history i think three things that comes to mind is kings battles and dates these are things <laughs> yeah. that you know whenever you think of history it's that that pops up but why so why don't you think that uh, i was taught the history of food where samosa came from or how tea was introduced to india or uh, the, the kurta that i'm wearing how this came to be because you know the swing was never part of indian culture it was always unstitched cloths in india you know a blouse was introduced very uh, late in history then how how things came up the chair that i'm sitting on when did this came up in the in the in the, in the chronology how did we uh, how did we come to this point from sitting on the stone to sitting on a mat sitting on a tables etc who decided uh, how things would be uh, or if you know harappans uh, what did harappans eat how did harappans live these are the questions that you know would excite a young mind i am happy to see very young writers you know people of my generation your generation you know uh, writing about writing children literature now people like uh, i was reading uh, i think it's nikhil gulati if i am not wrong people of the indus it's a brilliant oh, yeah. it's a brilliant yeah, graphic yeah. Uh, book on to introduce young people to indus and then i think uh, yuval noah harari made another graphic novel on homo sapiens sapiens yeah yeah then i read i recently read a graphic novel on uh, mahatma gandhi these were the things that were missing for us amar chitra katha was a big uh, you know was a big thing and it was really an a window an interesting window we really need to introduce those as well uh, in schools and engage uh, the young minds don't think of them as dumb people who don't understand they are the people who would vote to elect a government after few years so they are the people who are you know you have to train them to think critically so we have to engage uh, more in that age slot after that it's more or less uh, you know it's more or less uh, you you really can't do anything after 10 because people have chosen their or their parents have chosen their career paths and they would listen to history on a reel or somewhere you know in in a in, on a whatsapp text and they would <laughs> yeah. believe in it so yeah so we have to make uh, changes in the education system it's very necessary yeah no i i completely agree with you on that um but yeah i mean hopefully i mean i think with more educators coming in um hopefully we will slowly but surely see some positive change there um but yeah like uh, coming back to writing um so and the book that you had written uh, which as you mentioned was on apj uh, abdul kalam and uh, it was called it's called the teacher i never met came out when you were 17 i believe you spent a couple of years i think about 6 years or so researching and writing it so 
how does that happen you know like so you must have been what like literally 11 years old when this thought came to you how does that happen to an 11 year old child who wakes up and says i want to write a book and that to one like and that to like non fiction on apj abdul kalam please take us through that journey so uh, it was i think 2012 um, april 2012 or something when dr apj abdul kalam the the former president uh, visited iit kanpur where i used to live uh, so he visited the institute and it was the golden uh, jubilee celebrations uh, and we were all invited we were studying in uh, campus school which was the you know a campus school inside iit for this to for the kids of iit kanpur we were students there and we were uh, as part of the as part of that ceremony that was taking place in the institute we were uh, invited to attend the ceremony because dr kalam was very close to young kids and he he wanted to interact with young people so i didn't know about that i i took a day off from school and i was enjoying i didn't know that my friends were getting to meet apj abdul kalam but i don't know how and suddenly we all i i really asked my parents to take me to the auditorium to see uh dr kalam and i i i recorded a video also i still have that video on my phone so no very uh, it's in a very bad quality but uh, that's how that's when i saw him from a very long from very far uh, not not very close from a distance and uh, i i you know not exaggerating i really felt uh, the rays radiating as a historian i don't like to as a history student i don't like to exaggerate but that's what i felt as a 11 year old because i have i had heard of him for so from so many people uh my parents being scientists talked about him how great a scientist he was rocket scientist so for me it was a very big thing but then i saw the picture of my friends uh, you know with dr kalam and i i was not there because i didn't go with my school and i went with my parents we were not allowed to meet kalam but my my friends did meet uh, kalam and they still post about that on facebook and i am very jealous even today <laughs> that they got to meet so uh, that's why the title the teacher i never met i only saw him from a distance but i never met him in person and after a few years in 2017 i think uh, he he passed away and uh, that's when uh, when the news came in it was i think evening 6:37 in the evening when the, the when the news came in that uh, dr kalam uh, had a heart attack in shillong and he passed away and that was a really Uh, a moment that i i i felt it, it's like it was a personal loss for me because i had lost a mentor i had, I had uh, grew up uh, listening to his lectures and his engagements with young kids and it really inspired me to to uh, that's i think that he was one of the reasons why i wanted to become I wanted to get into politics or i wanted to get into uh, policy making because he was so uh, he always asked young people to get into policy making Uh, in all his uh, lectures if you listen so that's when uh, so when i met when i saw him in 2011 i wrote a diary entry i used to uh, i used to maintain a diary when i was a kid so i wrote a diary entry and from there i when i heard the news i got reminded of the diary i found that diary in my cupboard and from there i started writing i went 
back and my I, I just saw all his videos again read his books i had all his books in my library and then i decided to write a comparative biography which is tracing his childhood with my childhood and also trying to see if we can uh, how uh, it was like teaching me teaching myself about kalam not writing for other people so i wrote it in a diary continuing the diary entry i wrote that entire book and then i thought it would be nice to get it published so that other people can get to know about kalam and uh, that's how that's how this this happened in 2017 that is amazing that is so cool that you know you had that kind of i think just that inspiration but also this sort of discipline to follow up on it in that sense right because at that age usually it it doesn't come as easily to a lot of people so i think i think it's amazing and you know hats off to you for pulling it off uh, so then with you went and you pitched to like publishers I, and... I i pitched to a lot of publishers a lot of them who uh, you know i might be working with now but uh, at that time everybody said no because it, it was not a very good manuscript of course as a 17 year you you, you can't cannot be a, a shakespeare or chaucer you, you have to be uh, whatever you are uh so i then decided that i would self publish it with a with a very un, with a much unknown publisher i think he's still unknown <laughs> that publisher <laughs> so if he's watching uh so then i went in ahead and published it uh, through a through a young publisher from chatisgarh called idea publishing and he 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 published the book the book was out it was well received and i think uh, now it is one of the suggestive readings for class 12 in goa board so i that's think amazing. students are reading it so yeah that's that's a long journey uh, as a, as a writer i'm now working on my next book that might be out next year hopefully oh wow what yeah. is that about if i may ask it's about the history uh, some part of the history of indian cinema which i oh, can wow. okay. tell you right no, now no no that's I fine hope, that's fine that's fine okay that you uh, invite book... me to another episode where we can i would love to <laughs> i would love to maybe we can do a panel discussion with you and we also had pratyush parshraman last season who's also writing a book on indian cinema uh, he's a film critic culture critic so um so i think it'd be cool to actually do a session with both of you actually so we we will we will keep that in mind for sure i think uh, putting that out there right now yeah. <laughs> but yeah no but it's amazing that you're you know you are kind of and it's two things you love it's cinema and it's history so i think what more could you ask for right um so yeah do keep us posted when the book is out would love to pick it up and read for sure um but yeah you also con- contribute for the wire uh, and used to write for youth ki awaaz and a bunch of other places so then when did you kind of figure that oh i can also maybe do this because yes you are a history student and you're not kind of just limiting yourself there you're also like contributing like thought pieces uh, i read your piece on uh, hypermasculinity in uh, indian cinema so that i mean there is a lot of history in that article what you've tried to weave in Uh, but it's really cool that you're kind of putting out thought pieces like this. So when did you think that? Oh, this is something I could do too. Uh, I think uh, it is. It has more to do with my family and the way I was brought up. Thanks to my parents and my grandparents, that I always 
I grew up in this whole academic family where we were asked to read, we were asked to write, uh, and we did it with a lot of fun. Actually, we were not forced. It was something that we were all interested in, and discussions on history, discussions on cinema were all part of uh, the growing up process. And when I decided that I would, uh, I would go into this whole, uh, you know. politics and political science journey in class 11 i wanted to be an ias officer or a politician that was the two oh, wow. career options that i wanted to explore and i had met a lot of politicians by then thanks to you know i would call it a privilege or you know it, it's the it's the it's the privilege of being in an institution that uh, that invited a lot of people and i got to meet so that's my that's this a privilege that's not uh, something that i i earned that was something that i was presented with so you know this is the kind of background but uh, uh then i i thought uh, it is important to also think uh, if you want to get into something you have to be a good thinker you have to think about what is going on and youth ki awaaz which was a citizen journalism platform that became a uh, a starting point or a career launcher of some sort for me to express what i was thinking i wrote a lot of articles there Uh, i think they are still there uh, on the on the uh, youth ki awaaz platform and uh, recently uh, because as scholars as history students we cannot always write academic papers <laughs> sometimes we Fair. also have to reflect on the society that we live in and that's again a role of a history student and historian that you reflect on the contemporary society using your insights on the past so if you read any of my article i always try to connect it with the past and try to bridge a try to see if there are uh, if there are reflections of the past on the present and that's what history truly is that or uh, you know uh, i read a paper i i read a quote by rg collingwood in his book called uh, on history that that uh, a past that a historian studies is not a dead past it is all around us we live in the past you know we always think of the past so that that pushed me to write about the contemporary society and reflect on uh, what is happening today so i you know when the the government decided that they would uh, change the ncert books and introduce other kind of syllabus history syllabus i i wrote a piece called uh, towards understand towards a medieval understanding of the past where i said you know we are going to theology rather than history and this was that happened earlier also in in history i gave a few examples and uh, yeah the wire quint i i write for different uh, organizations as a freelancer of course to express what i'm thinking and so that people may agree or disagree that's up to them but it's important to have a voice and that's for everybody out there have your own voice and have the courage to express it yeah no for sure and like i said more power to you and um so i'll come to why i also specifically mentioned that uh, article on hypermasculinity because what i found interesting and uh, i don't know if it w- if the website wasn't updated when i went through it but when i went through the karwan website your core team most of your core team are women I think you were the only guy I found like please correct me if I'm wrong but that's literally when I went through the website 
and the reason i'm bringing this up is because when you were obviously also writing about a hypermasculinity in cinema you mentioned you quoted nasruddin shah from nikhil taneja's uh, podcast right saying that you know mardo ki insecurity bad rahi hai like you know men are getting more insecure hence cinema has become this way to kind of cushion that and you know make it you know be more encouraging and motivating to men and that whole masculine thing but then having said that how are you navigating i guess i know it's a really silly question to ask but i'm asking this because we have cinema like this as you mentioned so i feel like it's something we should put out since you're representing the male gender right now in to some degree <laughs> and it's just one opinion but I, i'm just curious then like how do you then work in that sort of like how have you found the balance in that sense so uh, you know there's a great gender disparity in karwar yeah there are more women than men yes. i figured so i was yes. like wow this is a first yes 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 uh, it's only me and anur or two of us who are uh, you know male and others are females in our team and it's brilliant uh, you know i think uh, women are better than men in many many senses and that's what i think biology also says now but it's it's brilliant uh and we don't really see the gender we see the kind of work they put out and yeah uh, you know we also have other people i think uh, one of us we we have a we have one uh, men in the volunteering also and others are okay. women but i think it's they are better researchers they are brilliant our team is i think i am very proud of my team and what they do uh, so but coming to the question of this whole uh, masculinity uh, since for the last 10 15 years there's a growth in this kind of hyper masculinity uh, in the society people are trying to be violent to prove how manly they are uh, you know and this is kind of dangerous this is becoming dangerous uh, we are becoming we are living in an overheated time where humor is not uh, taken as humor but as often yeah. uh we see a lot of uh, news of mob lynchings happening killings happening crime is on the rise these are things that is happening in the society and in this society in this uh, political uh, socio political situation if we are getting films like animal or kabir singh or uh, or film like rrr which is rrr on front value is not about masculinity it's more about yeah, it, uh, but you know in the in the depiction of the men as saviors or a pushpa another, or pushpa again uh, you know which somebody said that it's about the dalit man coming up but you know it's not really that it's more if you you have to go deeper dalit man coming up is something in court or other films you know that they never talk about uh i think it is important uh, to understand that cinema really plays a big role in our society because cinema is the most influential medium uh, hitler used it to propagate nazism in germany america used it to promote war vietnam war and others you know that happened and then other countries made films on vietnam to talk about american imperialism and then the french new wave come in that challenge this whole notion of american capitalism so using those uh, understanding I, i thought that it would be interesting to see uh, this whole concept of hypermasculinity because it really is there 
and uh, yeah that's why i think i wrote that piece and uh, that's something that people have worked on yeah so yeah no no but it, i think it's really cool that you have um so many women working in your organization and there's yeah, no it's like women uh, empowerment huh? so <laughs> your men need empowerment in the team <laughs> so, but yeah no we 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 really like it and we we want to keep it like this this is the best team and we we require other people also to come in all sorts of people should come in yeah yeah no no of course i mean definitely it is also to do with ability and skill but i was just because when i was going through your website i was just so amazed that there's so many women who are on this team and i was so happy to see that but like it was it, it's just really cool that you know you have that sort of work environment in place right and structure where it is um, equitable in a sense so uh, it, it's it's pretty cool you're doing that so more power to you guys um and yeah so for some and we're kind of now coming towards the end hopefully i will not keep you further but um so first thing is you know for anyone who is interested in history then but is possibly intimidated by it or thinks it's too dry what are i guess some resources you would recommend for people um to just start off with uh i would recommend them to watch a uh, good cinema you know uh, not jodhpur or you know something like that <laughs> but films like uh, if you have to watch on partition watch a film like garam hawa uh, by ms sathyu or uh, you know schindler's list was often talked about a few months back on the you know on on the genocide or the that happens with the jews in germany then there is a netflix documentary world war 2 in color it's a fascinating documentary on world war 2 um and you know films like all quiet on the western front and there are so many films now on historical wars and battles but that's that again is something that i all already talked about that you know when we think of history we think of war so we have to go <laughs> beyond that uh, the other resource for for people who are interested in, want to get interested into history is graphic novels i love graphic novels thanks to these manga manga comics and others that were introduced to india a few years ago and there's a whole you know it's a, there's a increased interest in these kind of uh, animation animated novels and animated shows i i can recommend you hundreds of uh, films by studio ghibli uh, yeah even, oh yeah uh, brilliant brilliant uh, you know death note and so many more that you can watch they might that's not it's not history though no it's not history that that's what <laughs> i'm getting into that that won't ta- that won't interest you into history directly but that might interest you in graphic novels later on ah, and you can yeah, pick up okay, nikhil yeah. gulati's uh, people of the indus or uh, the that graphic novel on uh, on mahatma gandhi read amar chitrakatha it's a brilliant introduction that was my introduction to history as a kid read amar chitrakatha collection and uh, another if you are interested in watching multimedia which is the youtube videos you can go for john green's crash course on history john green is a person who wrote fault in our stars and he's a i think he studied history professionally also so he has a, a whole series of uh, interesting crash course videos animated videos for you to inter- you know these are 20 minutes long videos for you to understand different eras in the past 
uh, then again i would ask you to get some good games you know board games okay uh, uh, i was just going through a game called sashan it's oh, made yeah, by yeah, i've heard of this yeah, yeah yeah so it's a fascinating political game that forces you to think of elections and political history how polit- how elections happen in india then you can of course if you are interested in that game you can go ahead and read so you have to find a catalyst that will force you to study history not directly if you go looking for history directly you would be bored in just 10 minutes find something which is not history but would force you to take interest in history so that's why studio ghibli is a great uh, you know uh, platform to start and it's on netflix so people who watch netflix may go and watch that Uh, and even i think uh, shows like raja rasoi or anna kahaniya which was on epic mm, when i was growing yeah. up that really fascinated me to food history and films like uh, padmavat for whatever they are worth they really uh, are well made at least aesthetically so they force you to read more about padmavati and the whole myth around padmavati or the history of padmavati so yeah those are the resources there's no end to the kind of resources that you i can connect anything to history that's 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 uh, my yeah, i know you can so that's that's <laughs> i think it's problem. a i think it's a no i think that's a great problem to have i don't think it's a problem also i think it's a great skill to have uh because you know when you were saying like when you talk about games there was this game i played called secret hitler i don't know if you've heard of it um so it's actually and it's it's quite a it's basically you get divided into teams and one group is the set of nazis this thing and basically the game is about you have to spot the nazis before hitler can take over but it's interesting cuz it's very like again like you said very political you're kind of thinking you're like it's so it, it kind of makes it it piques your interest in knowing more actually about what happened with the jews with hitler you know how hitler came up how he kind of developed this thing so it's it's quite fascinating and then of course you know with world war 2 and what not so it's 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 stuff like this like you said correctly it, it really does kind of um pique your interest in terms of going and finding out further um there's also this newsletter which i follow which i really like called dark work which is on south asian yes, literature and art i, I love, love them, their yeah. work yeah yeah this i think that's also a really cool uh, newsletter to follow um but yeah um having said that what i think what are like the stories and you know books or you know movies that really inspired you and stuck with you while growing up or just generally that just have like a special place in your heart or which have impacted you you know before that i also want to uh, recommend another resource because you mentioned social media uh, you know these there are memes now and people really yeah. love memes so Uh, our friends mad mughal memes really deserve uh, a mention because they are really good with historical memes so those again may help you build an interest in history watch memes see the memes and uh, you know have a good laugh and then of course go and read about uh, whatever is written in the meme so that's another thing films that i uh, that remain with me uh, i i watch a lot of films i think i watch about 30 40 films in a month or something like that i watch a lot oh, of wow. films i might not oh, wow. able to complete any of them or some of them but i start at least i start a lot of films i want to watch as many films as possible but 
the film, the one film that I that that really piqued my interest in history was Mughal-e-Azam from 1960, uh, Dilip Kumar, Madhubala, and Prithviraj Kapoor, Durga Khote. That was you watched brilliant. it in black and white. I watched earlier. I watched it in black and white when uh, on on YouTube. The color version came in I think 2010 or something. I watched it in when I was very little. I was five or six years old. That that's when I watched it on TV. And then the color came in 2008 or 2009. And I watched it again on. Uh, we had a DVD player and we had the DVD the color DVD of. Uh, Mughal Azam and we used to watch it every Friday Saturday it was such a fascinating film and i still consider it to be one of the best made historicals of our uh, indian cinema it was such beautiful it was such uh, it was such a nice film beautifully produced by uh, k asif he lost everything while making the film he lost all every single penny that he had he had to take loans from a lot of people uh, his financer ran after the you know after the partition when he was making the film earlier, uh, there, there's a story that, uh, you know, there's a film called Anarkali that came out uh, in 1936 or 37 or 46, really, I believe, 46. Uh, you have to just check the date. Around that time, Kiyasif started making this film called Mughle Azam, but the financiers ran away after the partition to Pakistan and then Kiyasif had to start the process again and made the film finally in 1960. Uh, which uh, with Dilip Kumar, so that that's one film that stuck w- with me, and I keep going back to that film. Another is Shyam Benegal's Manthan, uh, which was on uh, which was on Amul, the creation of Amul, uh, Amul Anand Milk uh, Union. Union Limited. So that again uh, is another film that really inspired me to get into the new wave, studying the new wave. Uh, and he was. Uh, he, I I I had the opportunity uh, of meeting him, uh, Shyam Benigal, and interviewing him on Caravan later on. So uh, you know, the life really comes full circle when you are inspired from a filmmaker and you really get to meet him. Uh, another film that I think remained with me, Spider Man. Uh, you know, the oh, amazing Spider. Which one? So uh, not Andrew Garfield or uh... yeah, I think it was Andrew Garfield, the 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 second okay. Spider Man. Ah, okay, Andrew Garfield, yeah. Yeah, so that that again is a film that I that I associate my childhood with, and of course Anaconda three came out when I was eight oh. or nine. <laughs> That's again a film that I watched much later. It was a A rated film, I believe. I watched it much later, of course. It's an interesting film. Uh, Jurassic Park. These are the films that you know. Have nothing to do with history, but they are really yeah. Good. I know, but just they, they, yeah, they, they really like... me. Recently, of of uh, I have been watching a lot of documentaries. So Gurvinder Singh's documentary on the peasant uh, movement, the Punjab movement that happened a few years ago, called Trolley Times. Then the Golden Thread by uh, Anuva Jain, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I watched that uh, the Geo Mami Mumbai Film Festival. Uh, and and films on socio-political conditions are things that really inspire me or fascinate me to think. And on men, if you have to think of you know the men, the hyper-masculine or anything, I would any day go for Prakash Mehra's Zanjeer over anything, because Zanjeer is a, of you know Amitabh Bachchan becoming the angry young man, or Saeed Akhtar Mirza's Albert Pinto ko gussa kyun aata hai. 
uh, where Nasiruddin Shah is becoming the angry young man. So these are the two archetypes or the two characters of the angry young man, which are much better than today's angry young man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing, uh, you know, those uh, lovely recommendations. Definitely going to check out the ones I haven't uh, already. Um, but yeah, um, one last thing I wanted to ask because I was curious about this is, since you are in this space as a historian and a history educator, have you ever faced any like ridiculous misconceptions or assumptions about what you do? Uh, I was at a friend's uh, place. And I think he would listen to this. He might be listening to the podcast right now. Uh, I, <laughs> his father asked me, what do you do? I say, I study, I study history. I write about the past. No, no, that is your hobby. But what do you do professionally? How do you earn <laughs> money? These are the kind of things that, you know, you listen as a history student, as a, as a historian in training. People don't take it as a profession. They think, you know, you are not working. You are... Your academics is not a profession until you are a professor or something that you are teaching somewhere. So that I kind of think. But misconceptions of history, I listen to it every day on WhatsApp and other things. Where somebody <laughs> would say um, that Anarkali did this or Shah Jahan chopped off the hands or, uh, you know, samosas are Indians, it went outside. Or, for example... What were the myths? There are so many myths actually that you really. I, I I love those. I love those myths. I ask people to send me historical myths. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Oh, I love how for all, a lot of these like professions, generally people who I interview with like unconventional. They're unconventional because I guess people just don't understand them. Where they say, you know, it's like they're like, oh, but this is your hobby. What else do you do? That's like the most common thing I yeah, feel like yeah. that has come up. <laughs> but okay, but any, but still, more power to you and what you're doing. It's amazing. So, um, I'll ask two questions. So, first one is, um, you know, what are your aspirations? You know, personally, professionally, creatively, just you know, things you're looking forward to in the near or even distant future. In the near future, I'm looking to pass my exams, which starts <laughs> tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> after that, I plan to get two of my books out next year, hopefully, fingers crossed. And uh, I plan to, uh, we as a team in Carvan plan to expand to different cities. We are in 23, we expanded to seven cities. In 24, we try to expand it to at least 20. Uh, and have conversations, have walks in those cities, and uh, we start. We were the first to start walks in Kanpur, and you know we were the first among the first in Lucknow to start walks. In Mumbai, we were we started this Basudas Bombay walk in 23. So hopefully, we'll expand those in different cities uh, in 24, and to also promote history among public in a better way to experiment more and more. With new platforms coming up, there's a new platform called Clubhouse that came out in pandemic. So how can we do sessions there? Or there's a platform called, you know, we are now trying to experiment with Reels as well, which is again taking up on social media. People want smaller content, crisp content. Then uh, in distant future, I really want to be uh, somebody who can 
work in this public history domain as a as a as an academician as a professor or anything like that so yeah wow that's amazing and maybe we'll see you in politics as well who knows who knows if if they they offer me a rajya sabha seat maybe <laughs> so but not but not lok sabha Yeah, no, but we never know, right? So fingers crossed. Let's just put all your manifestations out there today. But yeah, finally, um, you know, what is a piece of advice or learning you'd like to share? Just something you know you've kind of experienced and wish more people were aware of. So uh, after every lecture, every conversation, I say a line. It's it's it has become a motto, kind of a thing. That keep learning, keep reading. and keep thinking because that's how you'll keep yourself sane in these insane times this is an advice that i would give to everybody yes um, very much needed advice i think in today's day and age uh and on that note we have now come to the end of this interview thank you so much for being here ashan i know you have exams starting tomorrow <laughs> so everyone who's listening to this in the new year you know what ashan was like juggling between to do this interview but no thank you so much for doing this it was lovely talking to you i hope you had fun thank you thank you so much uh, sangeeta yes it's, it's fascinating to see these kind of uh, you know I read I I listened to some of your podcast earlier and you you are doing something worthwhile and this is something that oh, must be you. done of course because these some of these conversations were really interesting that talked about the the, the commercial uh, world the materialistic world or so to say but also finding their own uh, capsule of uh, stillness or whatever they want to call it where they were trying to find their own voice it's important as i said to have a voice of your own and you have got a important voice in this domain of podcasting i hope that you keep it up and you keep inviting good people to have these conversations uh because we really need to have uh we really need to bring back the tradition of conversations we have stopped talking to each other uh and we that's that's not what india was india always the culture of india was always to have conversations vaad vivad you know discussions and debates were the essential features of our culture and we are losing them so people like you are trying to keep that alive so thank you so much for all the good work that you do with this podcast thank you so much so that was my conversation with ishan sharma it was so much fun talking to him about his journey with carvan heritage history writing and so much more closing this episode with the poem written by Faiz Ahmed Faiz and narrated by Ishan i hope you enjoyed the show and i'll see you next week with a new guest and a new chronicle to share talk soon i don't have my own personal writings to read out so i think i'll just read out my favorite nazm as i mentioned bowl by faz ahmed faz which i think it inspires me to be creative it inspires me to express my opinions my ideas freely through my writings and through whatever i do bol ke la bazaad hain tere bol zubaan ab tak teri hai tera sutwa jism hai tera bol ki jaan ab tak teri hai dekh ke aahan ghar ki dukaan mein tund hai shole surkh hai aahan खुलने लगे कुफलों के दहाने फैला हर एक जंजीर का दामन बोल ये थोड़ा वक्त बहुत है जिसम जबाँ की मौत से पहले 
बोल के सच जिंदा है अब तक बोल जो कुछ कहना है कह ले बोल के लब आज़ाद हैं तेरे सो आई ऑल्सो ट्रांसलेट दिस नज़म बोल बाय फैज़ अहमद फैज़ इन टू इंग्लिश फॉर पीपल हु डोंट नो उर्दू स्पीक फॉर योर टू लिप्स आर फ्री स्पीक योर टंग इज स्टिल योर ओन दिस स्ट्रेट बॉडी स्टिल इज योर्स स्पीक योर लाइफ इज स्टिल योर ओन सी हाउ इन द ब्लैक स्मिथ्स फॉच फ्लेम्स लीप हाई इन स्टील ग्लोज रेड padlocks opening wide their jaws every chain's embrace outspread time enough is the brief hour until body and tongue lie dead speak for the truth is living yet speak whatever must be said so this is some part of the translation it further goes speak this little time is plenty before the death of body and tongue Speak for truth is still alive. Speak say whatever is to be said. Bol kila ba zad hain tere.